Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is brought to you by the How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth online workshop. This workshop is here to help victims and survivors of abuse to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves, to help them get unstuck and moving forward to a life that their heart truly desires. For more information on this workshop, go to sandyj.com.au. Hello, Susan. I'm so, so happy to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, I just uh, really am so intrigued by the area that you work in. It's an area with abuse but it's an area which there's a lot of societal taboos around it traditionally and um, I just I was so happy when you said that you would be a guest on this podcast because I think this is going to be a real eye-opening conversation for a lot of listeners. Can you just tell us a bit about yourself Susan and the work that you do? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Sandy. I'm so happy to be here. I always love having these conversations because I, I think you're right. They're so important and there's so much shame and taboo around this topic, generally speaking, let alone when there's trauma involved. So um, I am a somatic sex coach and a counsellor. 
Um, I work with people basically to um, support them to reconnect body and with pleasure. A big part of my work is around um, working with survivors of sexual violence, but I work with people generally. We all have stuff in this space. Um, and it's an interesting space to notice where trauma picks up and ends really impacting people's life and where it's just a lack of information and resource. And sometimes we put it all in the trauma basket. So, yeah, I work right across the spectrum. Yeah. That's really interesting that you said that, that you know, that obviously people who have had um, some experience with being sexually abused will have, you know, trauma around that experience and that will impact them with their sexuality you know as they carry on with their lives but that you would also make that distinction to say that it isn't just happening that you know there these shame associations are there for a lot of people in general when they've not had any experience with being sexually abused so can we, I think, perhaps, you know, have a conversation about shame and what it is, what this association between sex and shame is and why it is so prevalent? Yeah, I think because we're pretty messed up around sex generally in our culture, we don't, we get told that, um, we should just meet someone and fall in love and live happily ever after and sex should just be natural but we're not going to tell you how and we're not going to and then we're not going to have any conversations you know so you know we see I see so many people in my practice um, and me included until I resourced myself and got further information that I'm just going wow this isn't working or we get a lot of templates and sexual scripts we just absorb them whether it's through movies or media or peers or pornography around what sex should look like um, and it's usually this tiny little box and if we don't fit into that box and those templates don't generally work people go cut and paste and then what's wrong with me? I think there's a really interesting space that we need to take notice of um, in this interface between trauma and sex too, because what I notice a lot, people will come to me as a couple and all of the problems and everything that's going wrong gets put into the trauma basket. And so the survivor is kind of wearing the full brunt of the whatever's going wrong in that relationship. And it's really unfair because generally speaking, we're not well resourced in this area. We don't know how to connect with our bodies and pleasure very well, generally speaking. And yes, trauma does impact in this space, but there's also, we need to acknowledge this other giant piece that we're not well resourced generally and shame stops us talking it keeps us silent mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's um yeah, it's such an interesting interesting area because you know sex is a, is part of a human experience and um and sexuality is very big part of who we are but there are isn't like this go-to resource as you said that tells us how to navigate our sexuality and how to 
I guess, keep some, you know, safe boundaries around ourselves so that we feel okay with exploring our sexuality. Uh, I think, you know, that just sprang into my mind and I just wonder, is that something that you find with, you know, the people that you work with? Is there this separation between... Um, an ability to sort of create a boundary around yourself and perhaps that uh, inability to be able to do that then leaves you vulnerable to experience things that um, that you then feel shame about. Is that? Yeah, I think there's two things there, Sandy. I think yeah. there's a baseline around we don't, our understanding of consent we, we try and learn this just from a headspace. You know, we're teaching our young people it's either yes or it's no, and, it, and, and it's very black and white. We have no felt sense of our boundaries. So when we're consenting just from here, it can get really confusing. There's lots of conditioning, I should, I shouldn't. We don't have a felt sense of when they move closer, that's, that's where I want them to stop. We don't, so it's kind of limited the way we're learning about consent and how we're navigating that space for ourselves. So I think that's a big piece. I think when the people have experienced sexual violence, particularly, or any type of violence, boundaries is one of the things that has been hugely violated. It can be incredibly confusing to know where are my boundaries? Where is my yes? What's okay? And that's a big piece of healing that I think needs to be done. And I, and I, and I do support survivors to do that work, but from a felt sense. And it's such a game changer when they get a felt sense of that and then being able to um, trust and honour that and then be able to language that and, and say no. That's a big piece too, and being able to say no, because often this piece gets really stuck in trauma, our voice. Our yeah, ability to know. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's right what you're talking about in regards to trust. Um, and once trust is broken, it is very hard to reestablish trust, not only in others, but in yourself. And that's um, that's where the healing really needs to begin so yeah. that we can become healthy and open again to other people, uh, relationships and life. So um, this area that you're working in is absolutely fascinating. Um, can you please just, I know that you you would have many different frameworks that you're working with to help people, but just for the listeners' sake, have you got a few tips of certain things that they can do as a starting point yeah yeah great question um yes i do pull from a lot of different frameworks but essentially my work is somatic focused because so i've worked for nearly 30 years with um survivors in different contexts and different ways and i noticed that healing can get to a point and when we work with um, cognition when, when we work with the mind it's really valuable it's really useful and it gets people so far and then particularly when you're talking about sex and intimacy what what I noticed is people would then go yeah but I've done all this work and I still feel so triggered when my husband touches me in this way or 
yeah, when the, when a person comes this way. So the trigger, so there's a body memory that we need to be working with. So we need to be working holistically with mind, emotions and the body. And that's the piece that I um, am really passionate in supporting people about. I love what you're saying around um, feeling safe enough to start to lean into some of these places, which is really important. Otherwise, otherwise we still stay in that real protection kind of space rather than starting to connect. So finding places where we feel really supported and safe enough to just start to gently, we need to go really, really slowly in this space. When someone's experienced trauma, the body doesn't feel like a safe place to be often. Yes. So it's about going really slowly and gently with really foundational tools. It's not about diving in deeply straight up. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, with those kinds of, you know, tips, just from, a, you know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the mind and what the mind does. And our mind has a very important job, which is to protect us and keep us safe. And um, so there, there would be this kind of inner turmoil with you know your mind telling you not to go somewhere because it doesn't want you to experience any more pain than what what you've already previously been through and then you know that ache within your body to be able to heal this part of yourself and can you give a strategy on how to overcome that that battle that goes on within you mm. uh, that'd be great if you've got any any sort yeah. of advice on in that regard yeah for me it's the brain that keeps us safe so our brain is wired for survival so if we detect that we're under threat and when we have experienced trauma the part of our brain that detects that is quite hypervigilant often so it's on alert constantly and so we'll be scanning situations there's you know I've worked with many people who you know sleep is so hard they're constantly looking over their shoulder they're hypervigilant all the time so for me it's about working with this with our brain and our nervous system mm -hmm. to start to give our whole body the message I'm safe. Otherwise, our mind can say, yeah, you're safe, you're safe. And the mind knows that, but the body is hypervigilant. The body is on alert. Mm. It's ready to flee. It's ready to fight or it'll freeze. We are wired. Our nervous system is wired to do that. So the starting point for me is how do I start to give this nervous system, this body, the message, I'm safe. So simply by using things like we need to work bottom up, we need to work with strategies like breath, like getting grounded, like feeling our feet on the floor. So by simply doing things like if we slow our breath down and slow the exhalation down, we slow our heart rate and our nervous system gets the message, I'm okay, mm. I'm safe. And when we do that, then we can start to tap into parts of our brain that can think stuff through that can be right in this moment. So until we can get to that place, and it can take a bit of practice, but like anything, it's the practice and repetition, we can wire that into our bodies. So that's the starting point for me, really getting grounded, present in this body and sending that message to the brain, I'm, I'm okay, 
it's okay yeah yeah Yeah, fantastic yeah that's very very good advice and you know where as you were talking it was you know taking me back to a time where I was in that hypervigilant state and I was seriously running on adrenaline all the time and my nervous system was absolutely shot and I remember you know that inner yearning was I I want peace in my life I want to feel peace I want to feel calm and um, what I had hoped for is that I could find that calm you know without having a huge upheaval in my life but as it turned out for my situation I needed to break away in a big way from that person who was abusing me and my children and um and breaking I guess what I'm trying to say is that breaking the cycle of abuse was the only way that I could begin to do that kind of calming Mm. work that you're referring to now because I was I guess that's the thing between real and perceived fear that you know when you're hyper vigilant um you know if you are in an abusive relationship that's because you are at risk and you know your body is you know sending you these huge signals that this is not a safe place for you to be but then after you exit you know that abusive relationship there's still for quite a long time I was actually worried that there was going to be some repercussions after you know that for myself and for my children so I remained in that hyper vigilant state for quite some time and um, and it took me I needed to know that my perceived fear was perceived fear that I wasn't because I was in that in between phase of coming out of being at high risk to then being you know possibly still at high risk to then having to allow the time to show me that um, he had backed off and that I was able to then really immerse myself in my recovery and in my healing and so I just noticed that there were stages and um, I guess the reason that I'm illustrating you know my own experience here is because there may be listeners who maybe are still in that abusive relationship and these kinds of exercises will may be very very hard for you to uh, progress with at this stage because your body is still trying to tell you that there's a need for you to break this cycle of abuse that you're in before it will allow you to really start calming down and we really need to recognize that difference I guess between real fear and perceived fear and Yeah. yeah and healing really can take place when you're on the other side of that Mm. abuse Um, yeah I agree and we can be really thankful for our body and our brain and what it does to keep us safe it's really important if we couldn't do that 
And a lot of us wouldn't be here having these conversations. So, Absolutely. yeah, like we can be really thankful. And, and, and it, it's a dangerous time. It can be a dangerous time, especially leaving a violent yeah. relationship is the most dangerous time. And it's not that, yeah, we need to listen to that and be physically safe. We need to be away from that to do the sort of work I'm talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I see that this is a journey, that healing is, is a journey. And when you work with people, is it a process of, you know, a gradual transformation for people? Yeah. Yeah. And it's being willing to um, go really slowly and be patient. And sometimes people get into a real comparison piece with other people, like, why is she, she can do that? What's wrong with me? Why aren't I there? It's really important to honor right where we're at. It's this really, um, and meet ourselves right in that place and be really patient because it's so counterproductive. If we go zero to a hundred, we're going to end back zero and we're going to have to redo all that again. So those, it's those little tiny progressive steps that really add up over time at that that really make the change i love yeah. that you said that about you know if you go from zero to 100 it's just you're gonna end oh. up back in the same place again because you know life is very harried and hurried you know society today there's there's a lot of push going on for this um quick fix for you know convenience for everything to happen instantaneously for us and you know because of those kinds of demands that are put upon us from you know how fast life is moving we've somehow adopted this as being the way that we should go through transformation as well so I'm really very grateful to you for illustrating that point and I wanted to ask you about self-love and sex and what that looks like uh-huh when you say self-love sandy are you talking about that place of compassion or what, what yeah i think i am because you yeah. know i'm talking about you know because you were talking about how we can beat ourselves up for not yeah. you know not being where mm-hmm. somebody else is with that whole comparison thing that yeah. for me is a conversation about self-love and yeah. our need to really um, be okay with who we are and to be okay with where we're at and to allow ourselves grace and to be forgiving to ourselves for things that have happened in the past or it's a big it's a big thing wrapped all up into one but I think for me it feels as though you know self-love and sex there's a, a connection between the healing with those two things is am I yeah. on the right path you or? are so on the right path Sandy I think you've hit on one of the biggest things you know so much about these sexual scripts that I mentioned earlier about performance yeah we get this whole very agended idea 
around performance and sex, rather than being really present, we get into big rip-offs around comparison is one, another one is judgment of ourselves, and another one is perfection. And I don't even know what perfection looks like in this space. So we have this idea that sex is about performance, it's about pleasing someone else, it's about everything else, but right where we're at in this present moment, in this body with my own pleasure and my own self. So, it's, yeah, it's a huge piece of unravelling. We all need to do, trauma or not, around the sexual scripts we get and absorb and some of them are really unconscious like I do this I ran a half day workshop this weekend with a bunch of women and one of the things we do is start to unravel the myths and it's really interesting because some people will say wow I, I didn't even realize that was a myth I thought that was true and then we start to look at wow how is that myth shaped me as a human being in my relationship to my body and to sex and when we start to bring awareness into that stuff that's where magic happens we start to unravel and and first of all de-layer from all of this really unhelpful stuff around sex around performance around comparison perfection judgment all those myths and misinformation there's so much pressure on people yeah. in this space yeah. yeah, and then you add trauma in there and it's really tricky. It's really yeah. tricky to navigate and find what's really true and, and what's right for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, and you can you tell us just with the types of, uh, you do different things, can you, you tell us, you know, some of the, the services that you provide, Susan? Yeah, so... Um, I do a little bit of one-on-one -on -one work still, and but I'm moving more and more, particularly working with women into workshop spaces. It's so, it's so beautiful. I just light up in this space. So I run like two-day workshops with people. It's so beautiful seeing people come into community and they realise they're not the only one and the richness of sharing and learning together. And then this community emerges and they're, you know, really supporting each other and growing together. So I do a half-day introductory workshop with people who want to get a taste of my work. Then I have two-day workshops. I do three-night retreats. In the trauma space, I run a group called Embrace. I'm in the middle of one um, at the moment and I'm running that in collaboration with a community-based sexual assault service here in Brisbane that I used to work for and I'm looking to run them um, in my own business moving forward. So that's a space specifically for survivors of sexual yeah. violence on sex and intimacy. And that and there's a podcast. One of the groups I um, did this with, um, with my colleague Kendra, couple of years ago they were so passionate they said we want to we want to make this into a podcast so we can talk to other survivors about our own so it's survivors talking to other survivors about their experiences it's just Fantastic. beautiful yeah, yeah that's that's awesome and yeah. you've got a facebook group as well don't you Yes, yeah, my Facebook group is called Women Living Lusciously and it's a private group um, where we just come and share and um, support each other in this journey. Yeah, it's a really fun. We have events and just hang out together. It's a beautiful group. So is that available for anybody to join? Yes, yeah. Any okay. women or vulva-owning people are welcome in that space, yeah. Okay, well, we will um, include 
a link to your Facebook group as well as your other links um, in the episode notes for listeners to find you and uh, connect with you and join your Facebook group if um, they would like to explore that. Um, now, I just wanted to ask you a, a few more questions too. So what are some of the key tips you would offer victims to help them to heal their lives after sexual abuse? Key tips. I think that stuff I was talking about earlier is starting with how do I just downregulate this body that's been in a survival mode. So once we've, once that person's safe and they're in that place of going, I, I need to do some work. I want to, I want to change my relationship to my body and pleasure. And the starting place is for us. It's not about, even when people come to me in a relationship, I, I always encourage them to start with themselves first and foremost. Mm. So it's starting at that pace. How do I start to downregulate this nervous system that's just been so on alert and kept me alive and kept me surviving to this point? How do I start to feel my feet on the floor? Because we can't, until we start to feel our body, it's really hard to feel sensation. It's really hard to feel pleasure. And it's really hard to be in this moment mm. and present. So that's the starting place for, for me. Um, the, another really key point is too, which I think is such a game changer for survivors, is how do I lean into challenging edges? How do I lean into tricky bits with resilience? So like we were talking about before, we'll often just barge on through. Like we're taught, just get to the end game. If I just push through this, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll get it over and done with. And it doesn't work. Or we stay stuck. And we don't know, like, I don't know what else to do. I'm just stuck here doing the same thing. So I think that's another key piece in moving forward is how do I lean into edges that are really challenging but stay present and resilient? And that's where growth and change happens in that space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that has helped me to heal, there was a couple of things that you touched on earlier. One was perfectionism. And, you know, I know for me, I, I used to be a perfectionist. <laughs> then I had four children and I gave up on that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as, aside from the perfectionism, you know, one of the biggest things, I guess, is tied into perfectionism actually is I gave myself permission to make mistakes. I gave myself permission to stumble. I gave myself permission to explore. And knowing that, um, that the only way for me to move forward and to heal was to allow myself to explore life again and, um, and do that in a way where I was also at the same time learning about creating safe boundaries because that is something that I had not learned to do before going into those relationships that were very fraught and um and and painful so um so yeah that's been a big lesson for me is actually creating safe boundaries I think that um you know one of the things that was true for me as a victim is that um 
I'm a very loving person. I'm a very giving person. And I guess, you know, I could have been described as being a real people pleaser. So having that, you know, inability to say no, even when I wanted to say no, excuse me, I would end up saying yes to things that I was left compromising myself in, in saying yes to those things. So for me, it has been really important to learn the no word. And again, having children has been a great teacher for me to be able to say no. And I have no problem at all with it now. Yeah. <laughs> I love how our t- kids teach us. They keep us so humble and they teach us so much it's fantastic look I totally agree giving ourselves permission to be clunky is such a gift in this space just be clunky have a go like there's I don't even know what perfection is in this space you know and when we're and giving ourselves permission for pleasure like that can be a big deal for people a lot of people you know that that's um there's a lot of things in that space, I think, for people to unpack sometimes around permission for, for me to have pleasure and feel good and be in my body. But, yeah, that idea of perfection and our capacity to set boundaries and in really healthy ways, we can deliver loving nose, such a gift in our relating, authentic relating, that we need to be able to say no and absolutely. yes. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I liked what you said about the clunkiness. It's um, it's definitely like that. You you have to allow yourself to feel a bit awkward and um and yeah, open yourself up to exploring things. So yeah, it is it, and as a result of doing that, just in my own life, I know how much I've reaped the benefits of yeah. that and. Um, yes, it really has helped to to heal me and knowing yeah. that I've given myself permission to to fall down a bit and to not get everything right each time and get yeah. uncomfortable, you know. So, but what you were talking about before, is, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's so true. When you were talking about um allowing yourself to enjoy things and you know whether that relates to in you know the realm of sex and sexuality or whether it's just in other experiences I think as a survivor um, you know it has the trauma and everything it's become quite psychologically ingrained that life is not enjoyable and that life is not fun and you know life we've got all of these paradigms that we've been you know given because of our experiences and so it actually takes conscious effort to allow yourself to say no I can experience something different from that I can experience joy in my life I can experience fun you know I can experience success I can have things that other people who we perceive to be normal can have but it all starts with that awareness that you need to give yourself permission to have those things because there's this this block that's happening again because of our experiences that have told us that that experience is for other people, not for us, because we've, you know, we're victims. And so our lives have been 
you know, sort of predetermined or destined to go down this life of unhappiness and misery. And it doesn't have to be that way. But, you know, like somebody has to tell us too. Like we have to hear that from other people. If You know, if other people aren't giving us that message as victims that, that doesn't have to be our reality, that we are actually able to create a different reality for ourselves. Yeah. We can just continue to be victims of circumstance and, yeah, yeah and not push past that. So yeah. um, thank you very much for raising that, Susan. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Like even just allowing pleasure in, that's the, that can be a starting point in working with sex, like allowing pleasure into my life like enjoying the pleasure of sitting and drinking my coffee in the sun there's huge pleasure in that you know and starting to rebuild our relationship with pleasure and with playfulness things are being very serious for a very long time and for a good reason so it's about starting to allow some of that back in little bit by little bit it's very precious there's a lot of healing to be had through pleasure it doesn't all have to that was a huge turning point for me a number of years ago like that healing in the trauma space can actually happen through pleasure and it's a joyful joyful experience it doesn't have to be unpacking all our hard mm. stories and heartache over and over again yeah like reconnecting with pleasure is a huge healing piece absolutely mm. like you know learn to laugh again you know learn yeah. to smile yeah. yeah yeah beautiful yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i've just absolutely loved 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 this conversation that we've had it has been absolutely amazing um before we go just from you know a personal perspective you know what are the, I, just anything what is one thing that has helped you to transform your own life because you would have had a starting point too so yeah I think um realizing that I've got a body and connecting with it I thought I did I thought I was really connected with my body but a huge turning point with for me and it happened through pregnancy and birth of my babies was wow this body is amazing it's incredibly wise and it's incredibly powerful and that was a pivot point for me in my whole journey um, moving forward was getting into relationship and deep connection to my body yeah mm. wonderful mm. yeah wonderful absolutely yeah. wonderful all right so um before we go could you please mm-hmm. share your link so that the listeners can find you sure so my website sandy yes that'd be yeah, lovely my website is just my name so it's www.susanstar com.au and my group my online facebook group is women living lusciously fantastic and as i said before i will include those links in the episode notes for listeners to find you easily and for the final question because this podcast is the tiara's tears and triumphs podcast what does this title mean to you as a woman oh wow (laughs) Oh, tiaras, tears and triumphs. I think it speaks to the strength within every single one of us as women and that collectivity. I think as women, when we come together individually, we're powerful, but collectively we are just awesome. (laughs) 
completely agree 100% I just you know love making connections and I completely agree I know that um, you know in isolation we can limit ourselves and when we seek support I say that um, with encouragement is the gift of courage you know that's what you are given when somebody you allow somebody else to give you some encouragement in your life that gives you the courage to keep going to get through the challenging times and I think that's you know such a important message to Mm. say to women you are not alone you know you are not alone there are people out there who care about you there are people out there who want to support you and you know help you to rise back up in your life and reclaim your life and begin to shine again in your life because you you are precious and your life is precious so I am going to leave today's show with a quote to reassure victims. So please be reassured by the fact that you survived the abuse, which means you have strength and you cannot only survive as you go through your recovery, but with time and you honouring yourself and your needs, you can go on to thrive again in your life. So thank you so much, Susan, for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure and a real gift having you here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Susan Stark. Before we go, I just wanted to leave you with the top tips of today's show. So because we are not well resourced on the topic of sex, generally speaking, that is, feeling ashamed is something many people experience around sex and their sexuality. So if this is the way that you are feeling, please know you are not alone. Number two, the way we learn about sensing where our limit is with sexual exploration often does not include a felt sense for allowing our body to send us in insights or signals that this is as far as we want to go with something. So this is something that we need to become more attuned to. Number three, learning to get a felt sense of where your boundaries are and learning to put that into words can be a game changer in helping to regain a sense of control over yourself. Number four, when you experience trauma, the body doesn't feel like a safe place to be. And that's why it is so important to take things really slowly when it comes to healing work. Take your time. Number five, you need to send your nervous system signs that it is safe when you are free from the cycle of abuse so that It allows you to be open to explore healing. Something like an exercise of slowing the breath down can help to calm your nervous system down. And then when this happens, your mind can better accept that you are okay. Number six, 
know that your healing journey is personal. So don't make comparisons between yourself and another person about where they are at in their recovery. Don't compare yourself to them. Okay, your experience is unique to you. So allow yourself space and give yourself grace. Number seven, allow yourself time. It's those little tiny progressive steps that make that add up over time to make a big difference. Okay, number eight, performance pleasing someone else, a judgment of ourselves and an expectation of perfection are things that are often associated with sex, whereas it should be about being present in the moment and becoming attuned to what we need to find pleasure in, in that encounter for ourselves. Number nine, The starting place in healing is to focus on you and your needs and what gives you pleasure. Number 10, building resilience and learning to lean into the hard edges is where growth and development are found. Number 11, give yourself permission to be clunky in this space of exploring what gives you pleasure. Number 12, you may need to learn how to have fun experience pleasure, be happy, be playful because the pain and suffering you have experienced in the past has blocked that knowledge in you and so you need to relearn it and allow yourself to explore these things as being possible for you again in life after you leave an abusive relationship. And the lucky last Get encouragement from others who can support you and this will give you courage to keep going with every step on your journey. Okay, I wish you well and stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement, if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, 
If the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.